and he was in first grade. And I remember, I remember doing the dishes or cleaning up after dinner. Mm-hmm. And he walks in and he goes, mommy, this is not fair. You do everything by yourself. <laughs> he goes, you deserve the world. And he walked in there and he pointed at him and he goes, you need to get up and do something. <laughs> so, <laughs> whoa, <laughs> if my child can see, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? Because ultimately, you know, if ultimately I want you, to, I mean, a lot of people stay in uncomfortable situations for their children. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But if my child is seeing this, what am I doing? If my child can see that I deserve more, why don't I feel like I deserve more? And- Welcome back to the Unique Conversations with Chris podcast. Today's episode features a conversation with Chandra Smith. Chandra is a lifelong learner and an educator. She takes us on the journey that led her to choose and rediscover herself. It is my absolute pleasure to share our conversation with you guys. So grab your tea or glass of wine and join in on our conversation. So today we're welcoming Chandra to the podcast. Welcome Chandra, how are you? I'm good, how are you? I'm good. And so um, what I like to do to get started is to to play a little this or that game. Really quickly, I'm going to go down this or that, and you just tell me which one. And then if you want to explain why, can go ahead. If not, we can just leave it at that. Okay? Okay. Sounds good. So first question, vacation or staycation? Ooh. <laughs> vacation. This vacation. Vacation. <laughs> I agree. Get away. So Netflix or Hulu? Lately, it's been Hulu. Okay. And I'm just going to be a little nosy. What what show are you binging on Hulu right now? Okay. I am binging on Snowfall. <laughs> that's one of my favorites. I haven't caught up, but yeah, that's one of my favorites too. Are you a night or morning person? Oh, that's... Let's see. I think I can go for either one, depending mm-hmm. on the day. Because um, I get up so early. I hate getting up. But even when it's when I'm not supposed to get up, my body mm-hmm. still gets up. So I'm going to have to say morning. Are you a beach person or mountains? Beach. Yeah. <laughs> Put me on the beach. <laughs> Sweet or salty? Sweet. Um, And then... Are you into reality shows or would you watch a document documentary? A documentary. So, yeah. and then last question, um, ambition or comfort? Ooh, ambition. Ambition. Awesome. So I invited you on because I felt that your story was very uh, inspiring, especially to those who have at one point felt like they've had to learn to choose themselves in life. Because, you know, oftentimes, as especially as women, we are conditioned to put the needs of others ahead of ourselves. And depending upon your role in life, those roles can reinforce that conditioning. And so when we talked the first time, I found it very um, inspiring to and, and wanted to share your story because I felt like it would be good to hear your journey um, and how you came to the decision to choose you. So first, before we even begin, um, I want to introduce you to the audience. So could you just kind of tell us about yourself, who you are, where you're from, just so they can get an idea? I can. Um, Yes, like uh, like you said, my name is Chandra Smith, and um, I am from a north, I am from northeast Texas. From, I am a country girl. I'm from a very small town where everyone knows everybody. Uh, everybody is family pretty much in this mm-hmm. community. Um, born and raised in Kaysen, Texas. Um, but I grew up in Dangerfield. 
Um, that's okay. where I attended school. Um, I, let's see, I was a cheerleader. I became, I decided to become an educator early on. So uh-huh. I, I am an educator. Um, it's like, I just love school. I am a country girl, very strong at heart, very strong willed. I am a black educator, single mom, strong driven person. And so that is my, that is my summary of myself. What grade do you teach or what area do you teach? I teach um, primary. So I've taught grades K, well, pre-K through third grade. And what is your favorite thing about being an educator? My favorite thing is, as corny as this may sound, I love to watch people grow or I love to watch people. um, And I'm coming to find out it doesn't even matter the age. It's not just children based, but I love Mm -hmm. to watch people discover their highest potential. Um, mm-hmm. That is something that I love. I love, I, I am a, a natural nurturer. So mm-hmm. being able to give people what I feel they deserve or kids what I feel that they deserve or helping them bring it out, that's something that I'm drawn to. Being an educator and um, your career and being in leadership, what does the next five years look like for you? Who that's... I am trying to figure it. I'm still trying to figure that out. I'm definitely at this stage in my career to where being a um, a full-time classroom teacher is just about over. Um, right now, I'm not mm-hmm. full-time classroom. I, half of the time, I'm coaching, and the other half, I'm inside of a classroom. And so, mm-hmm. uh, it's a, like a really good buffer to kind of see which area I want to go towards. So um, this is a year I was fortunate enough to be able to experience a lot more of the admin side. And um, mm-hmm. so I'm trying to figure out what is it that I want to do? I'm telling my age, but uh, in three years, <laughs> I'll be three years, I'll be 40. And so I'm like, okay, do I go back to school and maybe pursue my doctorate before I'm 40, wherever I, whatever I'm going to do, I'm going to do it before I'm 40. And then I will decide accordingly. Um, mm-hmm. or as continuing my education go. Uh, but I think differently now, I think differently now, and it's not, um, which I, I love being around the kiddos. I love it, but I'm starting to see that there are different areas of education that I can be an asset to, um, as far as molding who is coming or who is being a part of our children's lives. And so I think that's very important as well. And I just feel like my reach, um, my experience and my wisdom that I've, that, um, I've gained along my journey of education, I feel like it could, I feel like I could just reach more if I'm teaching teachers. And so I think that's awesome. I think that your your passion and your ability and your love to teach and to learn would be awesome for someone that could, you know, learn from your wisdom and your experience. Mm-hmm. So that I'm I'm excited to see that um, yeah. as you continue to grow. Back to what we were saying before, um, this whole episode was basically your journey of finally choosing you. What does that mean for you, and how does that you know, reflecting your life. What it like, tell me, walk me through the journey of choosing you. Walk you through the journey of choosing me. Um, I, pro- I would have to say that I did not discover this until um, much later in my life, probably even after I had children. I, w- I didn't, I didn't mm-hmm. discover it. I discovered it after I had kids. Um, that could be around the time that I actually lost myself as well. Coming, uh, you know, adding these extra hats, adding these extra hats and um, becoming a wife, becoming a mom, becoming a teacher and just playing all the parts and still, I just lost myself. And um, I I remember my, my son, I had a baby, um, my, I had my daughter, she, she was not even one years old yet. And my mm-hmm. son was maybe three. And I remember laying in the bed and I'm just saying, it was it was like I was in this tunnel of a routine. And mm-hmm. um, 
I was questioning it every morning. I would wake up and I would question myself about, are you really happy? Is this you? Um, like, are you living to your highest potential? Like I'm watching myself push everybody around me except for myself. And, mm -hmm. um, it was like, I would, I just, I vividly remember saying, is this it? Is this it? Um, because during, uh, during that time, I also, I was married at the time. And so I was also in a marriage that wasn't um, fulfilling all of the marital needs that I desired. And so that also brought along the question, like, I'm pushing these individuals, but I'm not pushing myself. And so it was one moment and I was like, no, this is not it. I have to find her. I have to get back to her. I have to get back to her roots and what it is she desire and what it is that she wants, she wants and what is it that she is capable of. Um, so I think it was at that moment that started my journey of choosing myself. And that meant that meant even if I had to turn my world upside down to choose myself, I was committed at that moment. Like that morning, I was committed. Yeah. I like that you use the phrase finding her because that's something that, you know, throughout my own journey is I had to go back to the place that I knew me to be at the core and even finding moments to where I have to go back and um, undo all the things that I've been told or been taught and just really get to the core of who I am. Can you walk you walk me through the process or tell me how you went to find her? Because it's one thing to say, okay, I, this is not, this is not fulfilling me. This is not, I'm not happy, but it's another thing to actually take that thought and put it into action. And right. so what were some of the things that you did to, to do that, to find her or find you? Man, it was breaking my comfort zone. Mm -hmm. Um, it was breaking what was so, what I was used to. It was um, taking a chance on not getting everything that I once had back again. So it was letting go of a lot of things. It was letting go of material things. It was letting go of help, um, what I thought was help anyways. And so I just would say, my, my biggest thing it would be to, to just break out of the comfort zone um, and to continue to push and become completely uncomfortable. So I had mm -hmm. to, I had to become completely uncomfortable. And I mean, when I say that, that's leaving the job that I love, leaving my first home and putting myself and my kids in two bedrooms and, and depending on my parents to help, to help nurture me back to the state to where I needed to be. Um, and I'm not a person that depend on help. I, I'm very independent. So that was mm -hmm. hard for me. Um, I literally turned my world upside down. I became completely uncomfortable. And in those moments, I was able to bit by pieces by piece, like just rediscover myself. And that's like from the smallest thing. Like I remember as a kid, I loved to draw. Like I even went back to that. I went back to drawing and painting and as nerdy as this sound, but doing puzzles and things, you know, like taking time for myself. Um, it allowed me the space to be able to do that. Yeah. And I, I like how you did that because I, I'm listening to you and I found that I did some of the same things. Like I, I'm, I'm just at the beginning of where you, where you are in, at the beginning phase of where you are in your journey. So basically rediscovering me. And one of the things that I did over the last summer, I was like, you know, one of the things I used to like to do is roller skate. And so one day I went on Amazon and ordered me a pair of roller skates and I roller skated for the first time that I had in since my early twenties. And so I'm like, things like that, finding those little things that used to bring you joy when you were younger, before you were transitioned into a different role where you didn't have time for that anymore. That became one of the things that you kind of put on the back burner I think that's a good catalyst to um, rediscovering you and, and figuring out who you are at the core. So um, the puzzle thing, I think that's awesome. Drawing is, is, is awesome. So that's, and I, I like how you also mentioned getting comfortable with being, getting comfortable with being uncomfortable because oftentimes um, being uncomfortable, being vulnerable allows us to stay in that mindset of, okay, I'd, I'd rather just stay here in my routine and my, and that the fear of, well, 
what is everybody going to think or what am I going to do? What is it going to look like? Will allow us to stay complacent in a position that obviously is not fulfilling us or makes us happy. So right. I think that's, that's awesome that you did that. Um, and then I also resonated with me with you saying that being a person that you're independent and you're able to rely on yourself to have to take a step back and rely on others to become your village or support. I know it was a, was a huge thing to leave a job, um, to, to basically, like you said, turn your world upside down to rebuild is, is a huge step. And for many, you know, you get to that threshold of making that decision and that the whole turning upside down and leaving the unfamiliar will allow people to kind of stay stagnant. And so I think that's awesome that you, you braved it and and you did it. It is important to self-discover so that we do not further lose ourselves, you know, and Mm -hmm. become the image of somebody else or become the image that somebody want us to be other than ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's so easy to condition to lose ourselves in different roles in different based on what other people's expectations are within the roles of those expectations. And so it's very easy to lose that person. And it's even harder for me in my experience is to find that person that you were before, because you have to, you know, remove all the, the labels that people have called you or the ideas and the principles that other people have placed on you and then go back to the core of who you were. And sometimes it takes a lot of remembering and, Kind of like with your experience of going back and doing puzzles and and doing different things um, that spark joy for you. A lot of people don't have the time or the or the uh, I, I want to say resiliency or tenacity to do that because it takes yeah. a lot to, for you to go back to that place. It really does. It, it really mm-hmm. does. Resilient is one of my favorite uh, words and that I'll use about myself because and. It didn't. I really didn't find out how resilient I was until I made that choice, and mm-hmm. um, ever since then, it's been that has been the thing that has just kept me going. Like, because I I don't see it looks hard. It almost looked impossible. Mm-hmm. It looked impossible. I remember being told that you'll not being able to have half of the things that I have. Like when I, when I, when I was to turn my, my world upside down, it was, I remember being told that I wouldn't get this. I wouldn't get that. I wasn't going to have this. And, um, then look at me. So, yeah, it definitely, it it definitely changed. I wasn't going to be able to have a house again. I wasn't going to be able to, you know, it was, it was a lot of things, everything that I, I left. I was told I wasn't going to be able to get back. And so, but I was blessed. And you have to have a lot of resilience to hear what everybody else is saying and keep pushing through no matter what. Yep. You do. You do. But yeah, you are. There you are. You did it. I'm doing it. So. How did you keep yourself encouraged throughout that point? Because I, I recognize when you're making such a huge shift and change, um, it's easy for us to go to that place where the naysayers and most of the time it can be in our own heads to tell us to kind of, no, just kind of stay, stay the course where you are. Or, this, is, right. this is what's familiar. So how did you manage to stay encouraged during that time? Ooh. Let me see. <laughs> it was hard <laughs> work. Uh, I cried a lot. <laughs> not even. I'm not going mm-hmm. to to lie. I I cried a lot. Um, I I wrote a lot. I journaled a lot. I I went back mm-hmm. to journaling. Um, that was my outlet. Um, and then I had a plan. I had a plan. Mm-hmm. Um, I always. I I'm a type of person that if. I dream something or if it's something that's in me that I desire so badly, then I feel like God, that is meant for me to really have. Like that is meant, mm-hmm. that's meant for me. Like, I feel like if God put that within me to dream it and to think of it, to even think of it, 
I feel like that is something that God wants me to have. And so in order for me to get to where God wants me to be, I have to put in my work. Um, whatever that may look like, I have to put in my work in order to get to that point. Um, at the end of the day, it's, it's really faith driven. And I see the big picture. I'm, I'm, I'm always seeing the big picture. It's just, but the path to get to the big picture is so hard for me because I, I want it right now. I want it right now. But I feel like I would go back. I'm a person that I would go back to all the many lessons and how uncomfortable I was and how certain things made me feel. And I would allow my past failures to be my push towards my destiny or my push towards my next big marker or where I was trying to be. So okay. there was no going backwards. Out of all the mm -hmm. things that I've gone through, all the loves that I thought I had that really weren't loves or all the, the people that I thought were in my life that were roots and really turned out to be leaves and branches that changed and fell off, um, mm -hmm. those helped me. Those experiences helped me get to where I am today. And so it was just a constant reminder of... Um, like I, I would have to take those moments. I think that's a part of self-care. Like I would have to go on walks, have my mm -hmm. talks with God and practice yoga or go try to plant something <laughs> just to have those those moments of space where I can remind myself, okay, what is your end goal? What is it that you really desire? Okay, mm -hmm. well, you can't go backwards. You have to keep mm -hmm. moving. So yeah. I, I love that. that. There's... Yeah. So many nuggets of wisdom in that, that, those statements, like, I like how you use the, if they're branches or if they're the roots, you know, people. So that means kind of recognizing and accepting sometimes relationships have to come to an end. Um, mm -hmm. and it's one of the hardest things for me that I have had, have, I have had to learn is that even though I love and I care about this person, it's sometimes it's okay to let them go and, and, move on their path and maybe our paths are not meant to be, you know, together. Um, That's so hard. It's so hard to mm -hmm. realize sometimes, especially as a loving person. Mm -hmm. I want, I try to love, I just, sometimes I get mad at <laughs> and I'll, I'll tell my, my person and I'll, I have a person, by the way. Mm -hmm. and she's like the person mm -hmm. that I love for everything. <laughs> and so I'll, <laughs> I'll um, like, oh, I just I hate the way I love. Like, I love so hard. I want to love and make sure everybody is okay. And then I just, you know, then I feel bad. I'm the person that feels bad at the end. And she always mm -hmm. reminds me, like, don't you ever change who you are? Don't you ever change how you love? And, you know, you're just choosing to give it to the wrong people, but don't you ever change how you love? So um, that is also something that I, I have to remember, like the, like uh, when you went back to the, the leaves and the branches, okay, some people are just seasonal and I have to learn to let those relationships go. Sometimes, especially if those relationships are not pouring in positivity for myself mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. And that's, that's another thing too, is because like you, and I just actually had a conversation with someone about this this week, because I love so hard and because I genuinely care for people, it's very tough to come to the realization that not everybody has that same heart. And I explained to this person that I noticed that my son has that same approach to genuinely caring and loving for his friends. And I'm just like, I'm not looking forward to the moment to when he realizes and he breaks his heart that not everybody loves the same. And the fact that we have so much to give and want to pour it into everybody, but everybody's not willing to accept it, even understand how to accept it, or even have the same genuine reciprocity of it, that it's a very hard thing to learn. And even at my, I say my big age, <laughs> I still have a hard time learning, learning that. And so that in itself is a whole other conversation because it's like, it's so hard to be, it's hard to, for me, and I'm speaking for myself, it's hard for me to walk through life knowing the heart that I have and having to not lose myself and who I am as far as, you know, how I open that I am. But at the same time, I have to guard it and take care of it because I recognize that everybody has the same genuine Ooh, girl. posture. That's a whole, are you, <laughs> that is all of me. Like, 
period. All of me <laughs> said about your son because I promise you for the last two weeks, I just realized how much of myself is in my child, the way he loves mm-hmm. and wants to protect people and want to keep them from being hurt. But at the same mm-hmm. time, they are hurting him. And it's and it's it's all around friendship based at like, you know, because he's he's a fifth grader, but it's mm-hmm. Within his friends, and I'm seeing it. I'm like, oh my gosh, what if I? <laughs> How am I going to stop it? And I, I know I can't stop it, but mm-hmm. it has to be something or some type of way to be able to teach our children. It's okay to be who you are. And I think it's a form of recognizing. Mm-hmm. What did um? Who said that? Was it Cicely Tyson? Like when somebody show mm-hmm. you who they are, you. Mm-hmm. You believe him. Yes, you believe it the first time. And so I think right. it is a form of recognition, recognizing um people's intentions. And so it's hard to do as a mm-hmm. child. And it's it's so mm-hmm. scary. So I feel your I feel that. I feel yeah. like as, as an a as an adult, um, me in my 30s, I still have to remind myself, okay, Chan, you can't. You can't save all the puppies. Like you, you cannot. <laughs> on, you know, you can't take all the babies in. You can't do it. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's it's very difficult. It's very difficult to turn it off. Like yeah, um, that's something that we have to learn. But we, I feel like, and I'm I'm going to say you and I because it seemed like we share a lot of similarities with the way that we possibly love. Um, mm-hmm. We have to know that we deserve it as well. And so we deserve that as well. So once we figure out to put ourselves first, not not in a selfish way, but in a way of self-caring for ourselves, in a way that we show love for ourselves first, and then we allow space for other people to, to come in. So yeah. that is something that I'm working on. <laughs> yeah. Okay, because that's my next question. Is like, how do you pour into yourself? Or how? What is your favorite method of self-care because it's obviously very important especially with people with with big hearts is yes. to make sure you you give um, so give yourself some of that love just stuff to make me happy so i would tell myself no a lot and i would be like well i don't and i i am that person too i don't have anybody to do it with or i'm single <laughs> i don't i want to go to the movies with somebody i want to date and be happy and you know like i'm like i need somebody to be able to do all these wonderful things with and i don't like I don't, I can take myself downtown and have a um, a nice dinner, you know. And so mm-hmm. once I realized that, it was like, okay, I'm gonna do it. And so I actually mm-hmm. started doing it, and um, it became fun. So mm-hmm. and I'm not uh, I'm not gonna lie and pretend like I have it all together because I do not. It is a working progress because um, mm-hmm. there are days when I'm just like. <sighs> All I am is I'm a chauffeur, a chauffeur for these kids. And I'm <laughs> yep. here and there, and I don't have anybody to do this stuff with. But um, on a good day and on a good note, I am able to um, pour into myself. I may go buy something that I really like, or I, mm-hmm. I'll go and just I do something that is for me, not for the kids, not for the school kids, not for anybody that is in my family, but just for me, just something that I like to do. Awesome. And I, I can kind of echo that same feeling because me being newly single myself, Mm -hmm. one of the things that I had to learn is, or even accept or even enjoy is solo dates or solo things. Like, you know, of course, once you, find yourself find yourself outside of the role of wife mm-hmm. um now you have this whole other thing like well i don't know if i'm ready to date but then at the same time i want to go do these things i still want to have that social life and so it's like well i guess i have to get used to going to this nice restaurant to my by with myself but then right. what i'm finding now as i'm walking through that part of the journey is that i'm actually learning to enjoy my own company and enjoy having these experiences and getting to know myself even deeper so that when I am open to that, that part of my life, when I, you know, decide to date, um, that I will have this newfound deep depth of my own relationship with myself. Right. And I think it's just, I think that is so important because even when we, um, when, when it is time for us to walk into that next phase of our life Mm -hmm. with someone 
with someone else, I think it's important that we know who we are so we don't have to repeat the same lesson all over again. Um, mm -hmm. And finding that person would just, it would just make it, I think it's going to be more exciting because you'll have yourself fully, like just fully. I know, I know before um, when I got married, I was not, I wasn't full. I wasn't, I wasn't complete. I was still looking mm -hmm. for bits and pieces to fill myself up with and the plug in gaps and all these other things. But uh, the person that I am today, I know like my friends will tell me, I don't, I don't commend myself enough, but I do internalize, like I, 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 I do applaud myself for my accomplishments on the inside, even though there's things that I still want to do, but mm -hmm. um, it's, in, it's important that we know who we are and we keep who we are. And um, going on solo days, I think we just have to change our, <laughs> change our point of view with it. Yeah. I like how you pointed out when you approached me the first time that you weren't a whole person, mm -hmm. what makes you say that? Um so what, what made me say what I said is how come I felt like I wasn't fully whole. I wasn't whole. Um, I had, before I got married, I had recently, I had recently lost a child and mm -hmm. um, it was probably, that's probably one of the biggest traumas of my life. Um, mm -hmm. Losing my son. And it it broke me <clears throat> because when I told you earlier on that I had decided that I wanted to be a teacher, and when I'm saying like early on, this is probably even before fifth grade. I was I was very young, and at that same time, I knew I wanted to be a mom. I wanted to be a mom. Mm -hmm. and I wanted to be a teacher. Those are the two things that I knew I wanted to be. Um, and of course, a wife within all of that, because I wanted this big family. I've always dreamed of having this big family. So when um, when I lost my child, my first child, I thought that couldn't happen. So I, I thought it wouldn't happen. I thought this was, it, it just crushed me. And so I went into a dark place. Um, of course, it took some took some healing and some different type of rediscovering um, to kind of get back and get my feet in. And and, and I'm going to say, even with that, I, I I decided not to be an educator. I was like, okay, that's probably not what I want to do. I don't want to be around kids anymore. And, you know, I had tried to change my whole everything mm -hmm. from what I wanted as a child. And um, then I started. So once I thought I was back, when I thought I was okay, I was like, okay, I'm going to go forth. Uh, let me attempt something else. And, um, but then I started looking for people to save me. Mm -hmm. Started looking for people to get me out of the situation that I was in. And I married upon mm -hmm. that. I married because I didn't believe in myself enough. I didn't believe, I was a military wife. Um, mm -hmm. Yes, I did. I had love for this person and I loved this person. And I, you know, I, I, at the time I, we, we liked each other and it was a, it was a good friendship, but it wasn't the forever type of love. It wasn't. Mm -hmm. However, me being the nurturer that I am, the big hearted lover that I am, I think that everybody deserves my type of love. So I'm going to give it mm -hmm. to them, especially if they are able to get me out of the situations that I'm already in. So, mm -hmm. I married based off situations. I married because I didn't believe in myself enough to be able to take care of myself and get myself the things that I desired. I thought that I needed somebody to do all of those things. I needed somebody to have that big happy family. I needed somebody for to help me keep up with insurance. I needed somebody to be able to get the vehicle that I wanted. I needed somebody. <laughs> So it was like I needed, I, I thought that I needed someone else to be able to provide all of these things for me, right? Mm -hmm. um, so I went in it just, this sounds bad, but I knew that as long as I had, if I was able to get back to a state to where I was a mom, if I was able to get back to the state to where I had the babies that I desired, then um I would be fine. And I thought that's all I needed. I thought that was the gap that I needed. I thought whoever could come along and mm -hmm. help and help me get the babies of the, because of the, the missing hole that I had because of when my, when Gavin left, 
um, that everything else will work out. But that is not how life works. No. Not how life works. And everything looked on the outside. Everything looked exactly how I painted it. But it was still empty on the inside. Yeah. And I'm so sorry. I I understand the the pain of losing a child mm-hmm. all too well. Um and I recognize the trauma. It's something that like you said you tried to fill that hole, but it's nothing that is going to fill that hole unfortunately. It's just one of those things you kind of like I would tell people with that it's a different type of grief where you kind of just embrace it as it comes. You you may think, "Oh, I'm I'm past it," but then there's a small little trigger that, you know, may happen and you recognize like, I thought I was past this at this point. Yeah. So yeah. it's one of those things you just kind of have to embrace and, and allow it to come and And so I completely understand that. And I'm genuinely sorry to hear that because that's Thank just a different type of pain that I don't know that I can even describe to someone else that's never been through it, you know? Right, right. I understand what it's like to make a decision from that, that trauma, that pain of especially marrying someone for not, I'm on, I don't, I hate to say for the wrong reasons because you had your reasons and it's necessarily not wrong. It's just where you were in life. I just think that after a certain point you recognize, well, I married this person because, you know, X, Y, Z. And the person that I am right now that made the decision is not the same person sitting right here. And so you make that point and make that decision to maybe this is not the right path that I want to go on. And I know for me, in my own journey, that one, that was a very, very hard decision to make. Mm-hmm. Um, can you talk to me about how you got to that point and how you were able to make that decision? Because I know a lot of people, me, for instance, if I would have had this a couple of years ago to to hear, that would have made me feel a little bit better about turning my life upside down. Turning it upside down. Ooh. So how your question is, how did I make that decision? How did I finally make that decision? Mm-hmm. Um, so um, earlier I talked about me feeling if God give me the, um, the dream or the vision, if he put it inside of me mm-hmm. or if I'm able to think it, then it's, a, it's meant for me to have mm-hmm. started looking around. I was like, this is not what I pictured. This is this is this can't be it. This is not it at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm gonna go back to those moments waking up right before getting ready for work and just being like, "Is this it? Is this it? Is this it?" Mm-hmm. Though everything look everything looked right, mm-hmm. but it didn't feel right. It did not feel good on the inside. And then I um, I realized, me being a loving person, what representation I was showing my babies what type of love representation they were seeing in the household that mattered to me you know Mm -hmm. Um, because I believe everybody is entitled to their fairy tale no matter what that fairy tale looks like you're entitled to your own fairy tale you know Um, you are and you deserve that and I wanted my children to be able to see a true representation of love and once I started noticing that um they were not they were not seeing that they were not being exposed to it they weren't they weren't they weren't being exposed to it at all um that's i started thinking i started thinking um and i'll say it was two things and this is two things happened in my life so one was um I lost my my grandparents. Uh, it almost feel like it was year one year after another. Like it mm-hmm. was just like a domino effect. Um, and I I remember not having anyone there to um, comfort me. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so. And um, I just remember not having a support mm-hmm. system 
And I lived away from family. So I'm sorry. No, no, it's it's this is I I come to like <laughs> motion is good. Vulnerability is good. And I am learning to embrace that. Right. And sometimes when we're speaking about things, things come up and we don't recognize it. So trust me, it's perfectly fine. <laughs> it's a safe yeah, place. I was, was going to hold it together for real. <laughs> no matter what came up, I was going to hold it together. But I just remember not having a support system. I didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't have, you know, being away from home, being away from family, not having, getting those phone calls and not having a support system or anyone there to comfort me. And, mm-hmm. um, Packing my kids up and, you know, traveling back to family alone and feeling like, wow, like this is me, you know, I'm, I'm losing my grandparents and I'm a very family oriented person. Like I, I would, uh, my, my grandparents all had Alzheimer's. And so, um, I would every weekend, every Friday, well, it was it, it started off like every other Friday for my when my my last grandparent that was living. Um, I would go home. I would just I would drive in from school. I mean from from work, me and the kids, just so he could see my face. Just so I wanted to be a part of his his last moments, you know, and I didn't want him to forget me. And so that was very, very important to me. And um, as tired as I would be, I would I would do it faithfully. Just for right. those reasons, you know, and just to go sit up at the nursing home and be with him um, and the rest of the family. Um, but I would do it by myself. <clears throat> I would do it by myself. I would work all week and I would do it by myself. And that moment when um, I got the phone call, uh, there was no compassion or empathy showed towards uh, the situation. And I think that hurt me even more. Like I was already hurting, but I feel like that hurt me even more. And I was just like, who am I going to have when my parents go? You know, like, cause that's, 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 that's reality. That's next. You know what I'm saying? Like, who am I going to have to hold me together when my parents go? I don't have anybody. I don't have that. And so this cannot be it for me. That was the first thing. And so even after that moment, I stayed. I still was there. I hadn't fully decided yet, but I knew it was something. It was it was something. This was not, this is not what God wants for me. Like I love too hard for, for this to be it for me, for me not to receive any of it. Um, and, you know, that person could have possibly been going through something internally themselves, but at the same time, uh, when you decide to become in a partnership, in a marriage, you, you, you're, you're vowing to to be each other's support system in a sense. Um, so one of my biggest teachers in my life is my child, is my son that uh, <laughs> God willing, he made it through all of the hiccups and everything. And so he uh, he is here with me now, but he is one of my biggest teachers and he was in first grade. And I remember... I remember doing the dishes or cleaning up after dinner mm-hmm. and he walks in and he goes, mommy, this is not fair. You do everything by yourself. <laughs> and he goes, you deserve the world. And he walked in there and he pointed at him and he goes, you need to get up and do something. And so I was like, <laughs> whoa. <laughs> If my child can see, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? Because ultimately, you know, if ultimately I want you, I mean, a lot of people stay in uncomfortable situations for their children. Mm -hmm. But if my child is seeing this, what am I doing? If my child can see that I deserve more, why don't I feel like I deserve more? And so... When I heard that, that was my moment. And then I started yeah. moving forward. Yeah. I didn't I didn't I didn't question anything else. I gave opportunities. Um I gave opportunities for 
I, I gave opportunities for chances to be allowed when I probably shouldn't have. And it wasn't me doing it or saying it with my mouth, but it was just time. I allowed time mm -hmm. to uh, to provide chances. And uh, I just kept moving forward. It was no looking yeah. back after that. It was, it was that decision and me deciding if my child can see at the age of seven, six or six, that I deserve more. Why don't I feel that for myself? I also think that um, it's so much as a parent, you think that we're here to teach our children, but it's, it's, I feel like sometimes it's the other way around. Um, and it's, <laughs> it's so, I'm so happy to hear that. Unfortunately it had happened that way, but it's so happy to hear that, you were able to see that I deserve and I deserve someone that loves just as hard as I do. And that's, that's an amazing thing. And that's one of the whole reasons that I feel like there's so much power in telling our stories because so much of what you said resonated with me. And if I would have heard this two years ago and someone having this conversation that would have made me feel more confident in the decisions that I made for my life and my children. And so I think that's, that's so powerful to, um, to, to own and recognize because that path is kind of scary, especially when you have this picture perfect, like you said, picture perfect yeah. view and people on the outside say, Oh, you know, things are, they look great. This is, you know, they have this, this is good. This is, you know, yeah. this is what, it, and it, then uh, to think back to what you were saying earlier is that this is something that you dreamt of, you know, being an educator, being a mom, being a wife. And so to, to rip that picture out of the, the frame and, redraw it <laughs> and i'm sure it was it was not a easy thing to do so right. i i commend you for that it was so scary um i'm gonna say and it was scary because remember i painted this picture i painted the picture that i had and this is me leave, losing or leaving my kids backyard and and the house and you know, the, the actual, the actual, the extra financial needs that allowed me to live the life that I wanted for me and my kids and mm -hmm. me believing in myself enough that I will have it again with myself. And, um, I'm just going to say throughout, through all the doubt and all the tears, um, I did it. And um, I, I was told that you live a, what, what was that? You live a, you do not live the life of a single mom. Like, who, who do you think you are type thing? Like, I didn't really? deserve, right. Like, I, you do not live the life of a typical single mom. Who, who do you think you are? And um, that was said because I was determined that everything that you said I couldn't have, I was going to go get, period. Mm -hmm. I I was, I was going to go do it. And so within the time that I turned my life up down, upside down, I went through a whole period of rediscovering and finding myself and all of those mm -hmm. things, purchasing my next home for me and my babies, um, moving to a completely new area without a village. And so this is me doing this without my parents. Um, but buying the vehicle that I desired to have, that I always dreamed of having, and just continuing to go on, I mean, to continue to live the life that I thought that I could not have by myself. Um, don't underestimate yourself. Single, single moms don't ever underestimate yourself because there is no, there is no, there is not a definition of what a typical single mom is supposed to look like. Or what she deserves, or what is, she, or what she is supposed to have. Who has inspired you? I guess, or has had the most influence on your life? <laughs> that is so. That you know, and uh, ever since I, uh, I knew it was going to be a question that she was going to ask, and so I've been thinking, <laughs> how, you know, who and um. As a lifelong learner, it's hard mm -hmm. to put to put a teacher hat 
<clears throat> on just one person in my life because I can learn in any, I can learn from anybody. Um, mm-hmm. I'm just one of those people who I take what I can, I, I take from almost everybody. It could be, it could be a person off the street. And I can mm-hmm. learn something in that, just in that moment from that encounter and I'll take it and I will implement it in my life in some type of way. And mm-hmm. so it's so hard for me to just say that I've had one specific person that has been um, influential to my life because I believe that my entire village it's influential mm-hmm. to my life because they all wear different hats in my life. And especially throughout the journey that I've gone through. Um, and I couldn't have done it without all of those pieces. Um, mm-hmm. And, and when I, and, and, and I say this, cause even, and I'm not just speaking about family, but I can even go back to my kindergarten teacher being <sighs> one of the people that like being one of my biggest fans, you know, like she is still being um, a great person in my life still today. Um, And just believing in me and pushing me and going to, you know, my, my, my my mom and my person and my cousins who are like siblings, but we Mm -hmm. do not share a cousin relationship at all. We are more like siblings and, um, I cannot, my friends, like the the girl tribe that I'm a part of, they teach me weekly. And so it's so hard for me to just say I have one influential person when I believe that that award goes to my entire village. Oh, that's <laughs> so sweet. And I'm sure they'll see this and be feel, feel good. <laughs> <laughs> You've mentioned roots a few times. For those yeah. that may not, understand what that means um what do you mean why someone that's a root in your in your life what does that look like um that looks like someone who is meant to be there for the long run that is mm-hmm. that that looks like someone who is not uh that is not someone you are constantly po- pouring into that is someone mm-hmm. who pours into you as well that is someone who takes the ugly with the beautiful, the good with the bad on the rainy and the sunny days, no matter the stages, whether if you are looking picture perfect or you have just turned your life upside down, they still mm-hmm. see you and they still love you for who you are. And um, they're there. They're dependable. Roots are dependable. Yeah. Roots are so dependable. <laughs> <laughs> Those leaves and those branches, you can have them. Yeah. I don't want that. Is <laughs> yeah. I don't. It's just like you think about it in, in the in the in the natural is that you know roots and branches can fall off at any time if it gets stormy. You know they could fall off or they could be picked off. Whereas a root, it's it's, it's grounded. It's, yeah, it's grounded. It's, it's core. Saying I got you, rain, yeah. sleet, storm, I got you. And mm-hmm. so those those are the people that those are the people that deserve my love. Oh, I love that. Those are the people that deserve your love. The roots. I like that. That's I'm gonna have to keep that in my in my mental note of uh, <laughs> of, of things to keep in mind when I'm looking at relationships with people. Who are my roots? How do I identify the roots in my life? And, now, and then make the yeah. yes, identifying is is tricky. But once you once you see, then you'll know. Mm-hmm. That's, I like that. That's beautiful. <laughs> so um, if you could go back in 20 years and tell yourself 20 years ago, what advice would you tell her um, about life? <clears throat> Don't underestimate yourself. Chan, do not underestimate yourself. Everything that you that your heart desire, you're you deserve. You're worth it. And you don't need anybody else to obtain it. So I would definitely tell remind myself not to underestimate myself. Yeah. I think when I um started the uh the journey after losing the child, I definitely underestimated myself. 
I did. I put myself in a box and I shouldn't have. I should not have. But I'm out of that box now. <laughs> but I should I <clears throat> I I should not have gotten up. And then I and whatever comes along, let it be an asset. Let it be of an additional what did I say? Bonus love. Um you know how people will say, um, I'm going to make you happy for the, I don't want anybody to come and make me happy for the rest of my life. I want to mm-hmm. already be happy and I just want them to add love to my happiness. Oh. Already be happy and I just want whatever additional pieces they have that it just brings more love to the happiness I've already built. Do you ever see yourself getting married again? Yes. Oh, yeah, girl. I'm definitely getting married again. <laughs> <laughs> and I say that because I am, uh, oh, this is, I meant to tell, this is, I had it in my thumb with a part of a question um, when you were talking about, when we were talking about love and how hard it is to um, turn it on and off for certain people or or to teach our kids how to be able to recognize who deserve our, our real love. So another thing is I'm such a nurturer. Like I am I'm I'm built to be a wife. I am. Mm-hmm. I don't I'm I just have the qualities and I'm not that's not me trying to boast and brag about myself, but it's just how I treat people and I I have the qualities of a uh, a nurturer, a wife that that mm, I just I I'm I am wife qualified. I'm very wife qualified. And so it is so hard when I meet people not to um, not to give them that. And mm-hmm. so that has been a, a struggle like dating. You you want because that's in you and that's what you naturally do. Like, I don't try. I, I could it's like I can pep talk myself to death. OK, Jen. You're no one's wife yet. They don't deserve this right now. You don't do this. You're just dating. And here I go, just doing all the <laughs> things as a wife would do. And so it is so hard not to, um, it is so hard to control that aspect of myself, but it's naturally built in me. And so that's another thing, just like with the love and my, my wife-like qualities, I have to learn how to reserve all of that until another one of my roots show up. Like I have to learn how to like that. that. It, is, it is so hard because it's, it's so in me to just be like, well, I'm just going to, you know, because you, you just, mm-hmm. the way we love, we just think everybody deserves to be catered. Because why not? <laughs> I don't want it. Don't you want it? So I'm like, here, you know, and so it's yeah. so hard to just, to kind of turn it off. But that is something that I'm learning learning to do to kind of slowly, slowly roll out things and to reserve all of my wife-like qualities for the Your next group. I am. Mm-hmm. I don't, I'm, I just have the qualities and I'm not, that's not me trying to boast and brag about myself, but it's just how I treat people. And I'm, I have the qualities of a, uh, a nurturer, a wife that, that, mm, I just, I, I'm, I am wife qualified. I'm very wife qualified. And so it is so hard when I meet people not to um, not to give them that. And mm-hmm. so that has been a, a struggle like dating. You you want because that's in you and that's what you naturally do. Like, I don't try. I, I could it's like I can pep talk myself to death. OK, Jen. You're no one's wife yet. They don't deserve this right now. You don't do this. You're just dating. And here I go, just doing all the <laughs> things as a wife would do. And so it is so hard not to, um, it is so hard to control that aspect of myself, but it's naturally built in me. And so that's another thing, just like with the love and my, my wife-like qualities, I have to learn how to reserve all of that until another one of my roots show up. Like I have to learn how to I like that. that. It's, 
it is so hard because it's, it's so in me to just be like, well, I'm just going to, you know, because you just, mm-hmm. the way we love, we just think everybody deserves to be catered. Because why not? <laughs> I want it. Don't you want it? So I'm like, here, you know, and so it's yeah. so hard to just to kind of turn it off. But that is something that I'm learning, learning to do to kind of slowly, slowly roll out things and to reserve all of my wife like qualities for the your next route. For my next route. <laughs> for my next route. <laughs> so, but yes, answer your question. I definitely, uh, Love never fails. So um, I could I could be a Debbie Downer and look at the past dating relationships and be like, I give up. I want to say that, but deep down inside, I I can't. I I just I love love too much, and it's something that I feel like God wants me to have, and I just feel like. If it hasn't happened yet, then it's going to be so good when it show up. <laughs> and the hopeless romantic, being hopeless romantic. Yeah, I, I I agree because that's one of the things that makes me a little bit, causes me to pause when it comes to dating. Because like you, I love to nurture. I love to serve. I love to um, bring peace to someone's life. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I I I would like to cook and serve you and make sure you're you're take, feeling good when you're sick and and I recognize that to some that might be kind of like whoa we just went on you know but that's just me and even yeah. the, I'm even that way with my friends and so mm-hmm. it's like okay how do I create this boundary and this is something that I'm working on you know how do I create boundaries because part of a part of self care is having boundaries yeah. Um, so it's like, okay, with my friends, I'm, you know, 100% this way. I'm the one that will call and check on you if I know you're sick or, hey, have you done this? Or, you know, being that nurturer. But yeah. if there's someone that I'm interested in or that I have, I'm developing feelings for, it's like, how do I create that boundary to not make them, to protect myself and making sure that I'm pouring into the the appropriate amount into this person, so... When I learn, <laughs> I will share. Well, or as you learn, hey, you share. Learn, we can uh, have another one of these podcasts <laughs> and I'll share that. <laughs> it's like, I need you to write the book on that because um, I'm, I'm still still very much learning myself. But I find yeah. that interesting that as we find more people like ourselves that maybe sharing stories and sharing tactics and sharing techniques will kind of help us, you know, prosper in that area but yeah. yeah I'm happy to hear that you're you're still open to marriage it's like like you um I believe that you know I don't believe that I'm not I'm gonna be single for the rest of my life I think yeah. that you know I feel like I'm a very loyal and dedicated wife and that's just who mm-hmm. I am and so yeah yeah okay. so our fairy tales will come whatever they may look like they will I, I just <laughs> I really sound like the notebook over here, but that's just, <laughs> <laughs> that's just what I believe. Is there anything else that you, that we didn't talk about that you'd like to share with someone um, while you have the, while you have the <laughs> while stage? Have the um, <laughs> no, I feel like we've, we've probably touched on uh, a lot of different um stages of my life that may mm-hmm. can be influential or uh, encouraging to someone else. Um, I will say I don't, I, I still don't have all the answers. There's still times where I break down. There's still times where I have to remind myself um, of the answers. Um, I think this morning I was just saying to someone, it was like, you know, we get in those moments where we become vulnerable and we get weak or, we almost lose hope and we're looking for the next steps. We're looking for what to do, but we already know the answer. It's just reminding ourselves, reminding Mm -hmm. ourselves and remembering, Oh, that's what that lesson was. That's, this Mm -hmm. is how I'm supposed to react. This is how I'm supposed to move forward from that. It's just a constant reminder. We always have the answers within us. We just have to remind ourselves, you know, I like that. Yeah. I think that is the hardest thing because sometimes I can, I can, I, 
I can lose myself. I just, it's important as women that we, we remember we have the answer. We've gone through the lessons. We have the answer. It's just taking the time, calming ourselves down and remembering, remembering mm-hmm. what is it that I need to do? So what is it I need to do? Where am I going? What have I already been through? I like that. Yeah. Remembering the lessons, being present in the moment. Those are things that are very, very helpful and good to uh, to to remember, to be mindful. Yep, being mindful. I've certainly, certainly enjoyed our conversation. I feel like we could probably talk for hours and hours and hours. So, but I've I've definitely enjoyed this time with you. It's been good, and I love your sweatsuit. It says self love. I like that. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, uh, I definitely enjoy this time and I appreciate the wisdom you're sharing your story. There's so much power and I feel like in sharing stories and each time I do one of these, I find things that resonate with me, but I also find that the sharing these stories will be helpful. I pray that I have been, um, a piece of encouragement or motivation for you and others that look like us that have walked in the same shoes or are currently walking in the same shoes that we have placed on our feet. And um, I just, just remember to smile. Like we all deserve Mm -hmm. our fairy tale. 